0: Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiselaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, today on Franchise Euphoria, I've got Neil Gill, uh, who is the CEO and president of Dogtopia. Founded in 2002, Dogtopia is the nation's leading franchise dog daycare, boarding, and spa facility, offering an experience focused on trust, safety, and transparency. With an emphasis on education, exercise, and socialization for dogs, Pet parents have the assurance of leaving their beloved furry family members in the hands of highly trained professionals in an environment created with the well-being of dogs in mind. Each facility averages between 3,000 to 10,000 square feet and is specially designed to provide dogs and pet parents with the best experience while creating an environment that is ideal for your puppy. With over a hundred uh, locations across North America, the brand continues to expand through franchising with a variety of entrepreneurs who are all taking part in this space. Really enjoyed this interview, and for heaven's sakes, Neil's accent is an Australian accent, so it's just wonderful to hear him speak. And we chat a little bit about the foundational work that Dogtopia is doing, and especially. Uh, in the realm of working with kids and literacy. And it's just a fascinating overall interview. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Neil Gill. Hello, Neil. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing? I'm well, Josh. And yourself? Doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk to you today about Dogtopia, which is such a cool name. And uh, you, of course, are the CEO and president of the Dogtopia franchise. So before we sort of dive into the you know, specifics of the franchise and how you got that going, t- take a minute and just explain you know your background and how
1: you got involved uh, with Dogtopia. Sure. So um, from my accent, you probably noticed that I'm uh, not from the US. I like to tell people that I'm from way down south. And so born uh, in Sydney, Australia, and have so spent really my entire career working in franchising. So I started as a kid uh, with Kentucky Fried Chicken back when it was still, you know, when fried wasn't a dirty word. And and so we started rolling KFC out across Australia as a franchise model, which was one of the first back in the 70s. So it was interesting kind of rolling out a US brand in a very different um, culture um, in a franchise model. So that was an incredible experience. Went from there into uh, Pizza Hut, so you know semi-associated um, brand. And really, um, what shifted my career was when I started working with Norman Brinker at Brinker International, so Chili's, Macaroni Grill, Spaghetti's on the Border, and I uh, got exposed to the entire U.S. market and you know, the con the casual dining concepts. At that stage in the '90s, were just booming across the United States. It you know, was back when. Casual dining was still cool and um, had the opportunity to work with Chili's and that's where I met my wife actually. And um, we developed some stores in the US and then took the brand back to Australia and started growing it there. And what's been interesting is that um, everything I've done has been associated with uh, US-based brands and um, probably the big break for my career post Brinker, was joining Gloria Jean's coffees. So US brand out of Chicago started by Gloria Jean Co back in 79. And we took that into Australia as the master franchise for Australia and started opening up coffee houses across um, that market. And um, from there, I became the CEO of the Australian marketplace. And we ended up buying the brand globally and took the the Glory Jeans brand into thirty-nine countries throughout the world with over a thousand locations, and it's the only country in the world where Starbucks hasn't been successful. And um, you know we really, we, yeah, we drove we drove Starbucks out of the country. So they opened eighty-six locations um, during their period of consolidation. They went back to twenty-one stores, and you know, we we really worked hard um, as a team to ensure that Starbucks didn't get a foothold and. The Australian market's an interesting market that I th- I'm actually applying a lot of learnings from that market in the US now with the Dogtopia brand. And I joke about the fact that Australians have been millennials their entire life. And it certainly helped me a lot in the positioning of Dogtopia and the target, you know, our core target demographic is the female millennial. She spends more on dogs today than any other individual in the country. There's more of her than anybody else, and she's wait. Also, that's the group, right? That
0: so you're saying the female millennial spends yeah. more on the dog than any other group.
1: She spends more on the dog than any other group. She also is the largest pet parent. So, seventy-four percent of millennials today own a dog, and there's also more of her than any other single demographic. So, you think about the fact that. You know, there's three reasons to really love her. So one is there's more of her than anyone else. Two is she spends more on dogs than anybody else. And three, uh, the dog is her baby and um, 74% of millennials actually own a dog. So a lot of reasons to um, ensure that we keep her very happy and we work very hard at doing that.
0: So you obviously, you come from a background in food and food franchising. And- yeah, yeah. I know there's got. To, I mean, obviously there's there, there's similarities. Um, there's a lot of differences too between food franchises and you know a dog franchise. I mean, I guess you could you could argue there's a lot more moving parts potentially on the food side of things. Um, I know there's there's obviously a lot of moving parts on the dog side of things. But how how did you go from sort of having that experience uh, two different ways uh, with food and restaurants? and then go over to sort of a different sector um, with Dogtopia?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question, Josh. And, and I actually talk about that a lot with the team. And I talk a lot about it because there's I don't have a lot of access to dog talent. And so we have to we have to breed our own people, so to speak. And because there are, there's no other brand doing what we're doing, so I can't take people from the industry. And so let me talk about that because it's a good question. So once um, I, we sold Glory Jeans coffees and I moved on from there and I thought I was going to retire. And no one teaches you how to retire, by the way. And, um, <laughs> and when you get to that place, so here's a kind of word of warning for people, is that retirement's not all what it's cracked up to be, particularly if you're a really purpose-driven individual. And so retired. I was kayaking every morning on Sydney Harbour and you know, gorgeous harbour, if you've never seen it, um bucket list piece as well, by the way, for people. Yeah, I gotta but get there. It really is beautiful. So kayak every morning with my wife and one morning I sat down with her and I said, You know what? We've probably got forty years left in us, you know, like like is this is this it? And so we decided that um, was time to head back to the US for what I call my third tour of duty. And um, Susan wanted to get back, spend more time with her family. So we came back here and um, started looking at some different sectors. And I'd identified that pets was a growing sector, healthcare, massively growing sector, and aged care, massively growing sector. And during that period of reflection, I was approached by a couple of different companies. And one of them was a weight loss company. So I became the CEO of that group for a period of time and I ended up tidying that business up and putting it through an administration process and sold it off to a major farmer group. And what that business taught me was a lot about lead generation because in the third business, you don't have to do a lot of lead gen. It's kind of all about you know you build your outlet, you open the doors and people will come if you provide really good quality service and great quality product, right? And so the weight loss business taught me a lot about lead generation and the turnover of people in that sector looking for the the next best thing. So that was some great experience. I also got involved in an education brand where I was brought on board to develop a concept to be able to sell online education. And that taught me the basic principles on how to sell and close deals right? So, which again, you don't have to do in the food and beverage sector. Okay. So I kind of feel like that everything I've done to date has been a perfect platform and training ground for this role.
0: Well, let me interrupt you there for a second here. Got a couple of things there. When you say you, 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 you learned how to do the sale and the close talk about that a little bit. I mean, what, what is that? I mean, what, what did you learn from that perspective?
1: Yeah, it's a interesting proposition. I used to believe that you could teach anyone how to sell, and because in the restaurant world you can, you know, you, you follow the principles and you provide great service, and um, you know, people will will upsell <clears throat> or upbuy. You know, um, in the lead generation world, which is fundamentally our business, like we we are a lead generation business that provides the highest level of care for people's babies. That's what we do, in a nutshell, and so. Um, what you, in this business you need? We've developed a role called the PPRM role, so the uh, pet parent relationship manager, and that role is very much about ensuring that the pet parents are very much looked after as part of their journey with Dogtopia. And when you're in an environment that's a lead generation environment, so whether it be the healthcare world, uh, um, you know, or the Dogtopia world, you do need a team of people that actually can tour. A, Our parents through our facility, and then sit down with them at the end of that tour, and provide not only education but also a solution to their challenges. And normally, that challenge is I don't want to leave my dog at home. And so, and when I first came on board, what we were finding was we had this wonderful group of people that were working our the daycare centres, and they tour our parents through the facility. And at the end of the tour, that actually walked into the front door and just say, "Hey, thanks for coming in today. Um, I'll see you when you're ready." And I'd watch the process, and the pet parent would stand there going, "But I want a solution. Like, help me, please." And, <laughs> and so, and you see it a lot in in environments where people um, are afraid of the confrontation of closing a sale.
0: Yeah, I mean, afraid of the ask, right? Like, I mean, yeah, afraid exactly. To say, afraid hey, of the hey, ask—that's that, a perfect now- description. Yeah. I mean, now that you've got the tour, now that you've got this, you know, you know, are you ready to sign up? Or if you don't want to be that, you know, are there any questions that would prevent you from signing? You know,
1: those sorts of things. They're afraid to go there
0: because of the possible rejection at that Uh point.
1: And so, and I used to think you could teach anyone that and you can't, what I've learned, you know, in, in my, well, running the weight loss company, you actually can't, you actually, you need people that have that in their soul, that actually have that in their DNA that are forthright, transparent, and believe in what they do.
0: You know you had mentioned as well that you know there's no other brand like the like the dogtopia brand. So I guess you combine those two elements and that leads to you know what you were saying a few moments ago, which is you had to go find people. Who would do it? So, how did you go through that process of finding the people that you needed, so that you could then train them and bring them in uh, to your system and put them in a the position to where they were in the best opportunity for success?
1: And we're still working through that. So, um, so the first thing we did was we actually built the learning platforms. So, we completely rebuilt our learning management system. We brought on we partnered with an online learning management platform. And then we completely rebuilt all the content around it all. And so I brought in a sales training guru to become our subject matter expert in the closing process. And then we combined an operational person who understood the the pathway to success in relation to the operational process of taking a pet parent through the journey. And then tied that together with the sales training component. And we actually wrote online learning platforms that we now train our our pprm in and the reality is is like our business is not a hard close like our business is an educational what i call an educational close and it's about providing pet parents with all of the information around you know how do we provide social socialization for the dog how do we educate the dog on a daily basis and then how do we exercise the dog and just providing them with the education components, but also the differentiators. So, how do we differentiate Dogtopia against everything else that's out there?
0: Well, how do you do that? You know, pre- pretend pretend I'm somebody you're talking. I mean, how how do you do that? I mean, I know you you had said there's no other brand out there. Obviously, there's there's other dog daycare systems franchises out there. What is it? But there about? isn't,
1: Josh. That's that's the key. Like one of the the point that you just made is you said there's other daycare systems and brands out there. There actually isn't we are the only brand in the US that specializes in daycare as our service.
0: Okay, so talk about that because I mean I think people would think that if you, you know, if I if I'm going out of town or if I'm going or to to your point on the daycare where you know it's two 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 working parents in a household yeah. and they don't have time to go let their dog out, they don't want to hire somebody to, to come and let their dog out, so they 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 take them to a doggy daycare. Talk about what it is that Dogtopia does.
1: And so so let me talk about how I actually, because at one stage early in my career here at Dogtopia, I I used to think about, okay, so how do you create an elevator pitch so people understand what this is about? Uh, Let me tell you what I do now. So, and it's interesting, every time I get into a lift, for example, they ask me what I do because they hear my accent. They're like, Oh, so you're not from around here? And they just yeah. want to hear you talk, Neil. That's right.
0: I mean, your accent is so great. You just want to oh, sit, sit back good. and listen with a cup of tea
1: or coffee yes, and just exactly. hear you talk. And so I answer the question now by um, just letting them talk about it. So they say, Oh, so what do you do? And I say, I'm in the dog business. And they say, Oh, what do you do in the dog business? And I say, Daycare. And they say, ah, oh, daycare, like when I go away for a holiday, I leave my dog um, at your business. I say, no, we're all about daycare. They think about it for a minute and then they say, ah, oh, that's where you take your dog in and have its hair cut and groomed and so on. No, we're daycare. <laughs> and and so they think a little bit more, ah, oh, that's the agility things and so on. No, we're all about daycare. And so I let them work through the process in their own mind until they get to a point of where they're exhausted. And then eventually, because then then they're ready to listen, you see. And so, and then I say to them, I just, I simply say this, I say, to, you know, when you have kids and you put your kids into daycare when you have to go to work every day, they're like, yeah, we do that for dogs. And then they go, oh my God, that is fantastic. Like that's, I didn't know that existed. Some say I didn't know it existed. Others say, well, wow, that's great. And so and that's uh, that to me is the simplest way to describe our business. We provide daycare for dogs just as children's daycare provide daycare for kids. And the, the thing is, you know, dogs so what do you do with them.
0: the dogs? Like, like if I'm dropping off my dog at a Dogtopia mm-hmm. for the day, what, what what kind of activities is the dog going to be
1: involved in? So three things we focus on. so socialization, education, and exercise. So 65% of dogs in the US. are obese. So we take very seriously um, our responsibility to ensure health and wellness for a dog. And so the socialisation component takes place naturally when you bring dogs together because they're social beings. Like they are, they want to live with other dogs. They want to hang out with other dogs. They're pack animals. And so by just bringing them together into uh, with you know, like-minded dogs, what we talk about like-minded dogs. So we we actually assess a dog by size and temperament. So we bring like-minded dogs together into a playroom and then they play all day. So that satisfies the socialization component of it all. From an exercise point of view, like they play eight to 10 hours of open play all day. Um, So lots of exercise takes place just by them running around. The canine coaches encourage them to, to do activities on the agility equipment that we have in the rooms and so on. And then from an exercise point of view, Our canine coaches are trained, and our canine coaches, by the way, are the only canine coaches in the country that are actually certified by two of the largest um, dog training schools in America. So we have certified and recognized um, dog trainers in our playrooms every day. And so they then teach the dogs basic commands. So they teach them sit, stay, bark control, door control. So when the door opens, the dogs stay calm um they'll sit as the door opens. And then also um they'll train them with positive reinforcement, basic training commands. And so they learn how to then become what we talk about better canine citizens. And so because we believe that if you can part of our responsibility is to create better canine citizens, which then establishes better relationships between the dog and the pet parent, the better the relationship there is between the dog and the pet parent, the more love that um then exists between the pair of them. And love is one of the most powerful human emotions. Anything we love, we do not give up. So we address the rescue and shelter component of the dog world by providing the best daycare that anyone can provide. Because a pet parent who loves their dog will never give their dog up. And that's the, if you look at our noble cause, a noble cause is to enhance the joy of dog parenthood, so that's the first part of our cause. And the second part of it is to enable dogs to positively change the world. And the second part is driven by our foundation. So the Dogtopia Foundation. And by Dogtopia as a brand, through its daycare activities, creating better canine citizens, it then allows our foundation to focus on dogs giving back to humanity. And the way we do that, we support three causes. So we support return service vets. And so we work with a series of, of different um, training organisations, so like American Vet Dogs, that develop um, dogs to provide support and help to return service vets through service dogs. So we currently have 22 service dogs that we have supported that are supporting veterans across the country. We also work with a group out of Chicago called Sit, Stay, Read, where we take dogs into underprivileged schools, and we take the kids um, that are low in literacy out of the classroom, and they read to the dogs in the library, and within six to nine months, those same kids are in top of the class from a literacy point of view. Really?
0: So what what what's the key component there? I mean, just… How does that help them with literacy?
1: So they're not being judged. One of the beauties of a dog is that they never judge you. Ah, oh,
0: that's and brilliant. so the
1: kid's confidence. So what ends up happening... That's brilliant. What, it is brilliant. And so our director of our foundation, so Jerry Kindle, has done an amazing job in finding the right partners. We only work with partners that have efficacy in their programs, so they have to be proven results. And, um, and so Sit, Stay, Read, do a really fabulous job... Like those same kids in six to nine months are in the top of their class from a reading and writing capability. And it's just purely from sitting in the library, feeling comfortable in starting to read, right? So they then, because the dog's reaction to the kids is incredible when they sit and listen to the the kids read. And the kids get confidence around the reading. Then they start to enjoy the reading. And the next thing you know, they're reading books at home. And so their capability just goes through the roof. It's a really powerful program, and I'm very proud of Sit Stay Read and the work that.
0: So there's doing. no so there's no component with Dogtopia where the dog sleeps over.
1: Yes, yes, there is. So oh, there is okay. Um, so we st- we provide so we provide the boarding capability. So um, and we also provide spa services. And so you can have your dog bathe at Dogtopia. We do nail clipping, ear cleaning. But our primary service is daycare, and that's what we're very proud of. Is that um, we provide the best quality daycare in the country.
0: And and you and there's nobody else that is focused, is what you're saying, in the dog space on the daycare exactly. component.
1: That's exactly right. Other other um, companies may offer daycare, but they're not as focused, and they don't derive as much income from that part and like any business if that's where most of your income comes from it's been driven by a purpose and our purpose is daycare
0: well so with our remaining time i want to i want to spend a little bit of time um talking about the franchise opportunity who you're looking to get involved i mean you, you guys are pretty fast growing i think at this point what you have about 115
1: locations Yeah, 100 and, 115 on the ground and another 255 in the pipeline to get open so um
0: so you got some work to do.
1: We do, know. and that's what I keep telling the team. come on, guys! Like, <laughs> we,
0: <laughs> well, I just told you in our pre before we started recording, I said, you know, I'm driving, and about five minutes from my house, I noticed that there's a Dogtopia going in at this uh, great uh, retail center, strip center. So, it, which is in a great location, and so uh, that's fantastic. I mean, what do you? Uh, number one, what do you attribute to the growth? Because I mean, Dogtopia started in what 2002, right? Yeah. and But then franchising started later, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the, the original owners um, who started the business started franchising in 2005. And then I got involved in 2015. And um, at that point in time, there were just under 30 locations across the country. And um, it was it was a brand that had some really good people in it, some incredible franchisees um, across the network. Um, and a lot of dog-loving people in the support office. And what I found was there wasn't a lot of people with franchise experience. So I rebuilt the entire team, and what I focused on was bringing people on board that had done it before So because I knew that the opportunity in this space was incredible and that we had to move relatively quickly, but in a in a sustainable way to capture the opportunity. I mean it's it's the fastest growing sector in the US today. The the um, revenue generated from the overall dog sector is greater than all the revenue generated in the healthcare space, the wellness space. Yeah, I
0: didn't realize that. That's I mean I knew it was fast. I just didn't realize it was that big. I mean and it's also recession resistant, I would say.
1: Yeah, and that was one thing when we looked at the acquisition, so we had a little M and A grip. Um, that our chairman, Peter Thomas, put together. Um, and when they looked at the revenue coming off the business during the Great Recession, the only part of the revenue that fell away was boarding. And in some circumstances, uh, the daycare revenue increased, right? And when you think about it, it that makes, makes sense.
0: sense.
1: Yeah. Right? When you If you have to cut costs, you stop going on holidays, which means you stop putting your dog into boarding. And um, when both parents in some circumstances had to go back to work they put their dog in a daycare and so you know we we talk about the fact that you know we're we're recession resistant
0: well and that is a very attractive thing for obviously as you continue to grow but for franchisees right and so when when you went through and you revamped you know the team and mm-hmm. who was a part yep. of it who who are you looking for as your ideal franchisees going forward
1: yeah it's a it's a good question and we ask that question every day so uh, my VP of, of franchise development Alex Semios, um he has a 30-year track record in franchising and so in fact his father started franchising when Alex was eight years old he was the first Jiffy Lib franchise across the country and then Alex himself owned um, a whole range of Papa John's 34 locations down in Southern California. So he's a, he's a franchise veteran with it in his blood, just like I am. So we, we do a lot of work in, in how we recruit our franchisees, and we're very careful about who we bring into the family because you know it, it is a sector that has um, a lot of attention right now, and so we certainly aren't short of, of applicants for the business. So we're very particular about who we bring in to join the family. And what we're seeing is that the most successful tend to be a mix. So we have a range of franchisees where recently we've been attracting the larger group of operators. And so like that location that you spoke of earlier, Josh, is owned by the Bissell family. And so you know, they've joined the group and, because they, they see the opportunity that's in this sector. And the fastest growing part of the dog sector is services because you've got the food side of the business, which is pretty much dominated by the majors now. You've got the veterinary services, and then you have um, the medical side of things um, through Merck and things like that, so the farmer side, and then you have the services side. And the services side is the least um, tapped, and so people are very excited about getting involved in providing services to pet parents. And so we find the combination of multi-unit operators working together with the single unit operators working extremely well, because they learn from each other. They have different focuses and different backgrounds. And we've found that you get that balance right across, you know, in particular regions of a multi-unit operator coming together and working with the single unit operator, because this is an operationally driven business. So I talked earlier about how it's a a lead gen business, but the success of our locations are entirely dependent on that emotional connection that takes place between the pet parent, their dog, and our dogtopians that are in our locations. It's an incredibly important bond that takes place. And we work very, very hard in ensuring that our teams understand that. So we do a lot of work, particularly with our general managers. We've just rolled out a whole new training platform five different modules where we take our GMs through all the soft skills of management um, and particularly the emotional connection side of things, which then allows the franchisee to work on the business rather than in the business on a daily basis. So that allows the single unit operator then to become a, a like a two or three unit operator. And it also allows the multi-unit um, uh, owners to then, develop into five, six, ten locations by having really strong general managers in each of the locations that have um, amazing relationships with the pet parents.
0: Well, thank you, Neil, for for coming on and sharing a little bit. If you want to learn, if anybody wants to learn more about Dogtopia, you can just go to dogtopia.com forward slash franchising. And I think if you scroll down to the bottom of that page, you'll see a nice little video with Neil in it talking all about the opportunity, and um, thank you for for sharing a little bit about the concept. It's certainly an exciting concept, um, and you've had some tremendous success thus far. So I wish you nothing but uh, more success in the future. And thank you for coming on,
1: Josh. Thanks for having me, and I'm always always excited to talk about dog taper. I think it's a you know, it's, it's an exciting sector, and in my opinion, I, you know, we're, the, we're the best brand across the space. So thanks for the opportunity to chat and share my story. So thanks, Josh.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria you will then see my cover art if you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says Ratings and Reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.